0: Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's Sermon Podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on July 4th, 2021, on the basis of Mark chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The great men and women of this world all have one thing in common. Either they they have died or one day they they will die. Some people have called death the, the great equalizer. Nobody has ever escaped death, and nobody ever will. Sometimes live as if they could escape death. Uh, Some other times we put off thinking about death altogether, but by and large, death comes to all. Cheery thought for a Sunday morning. Here we go. Happy 4th of July. (laughs) It's certainly not a cheery thought, (laughs) but it is the truth. And it's the truth that, that we need to hear and the truth that we need to accept if we're going to live a life of great purpose and great perspective. Because once you accept that, that one day, yes, you will die and, and so will I, then we're left to search for something or someone who is greater than death. Our gospel lesson for this morning has us on the shores of the the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd is gathered around Jesus. And for Jesus and his disciples, this is becoming the norm. Jesus' miracles and Jesus' teaching have started to attract large crowds to him. Word had traveled fast and people were anxious to see Jesus and, and everything that he had to bring to them. And so in this particular instance, Jesus is teaching this crowd of people by the Sea of Galilee. They're all kind of pressing in on him. And this man happens to make his way through the crowd and to Jesus. We're introduced to him right away in our gospel lesson. His name is Jairus. And we hear a little bit about Jairus right off the bat. Jairus is a synagogue leader. And so we might equate that today to like a church council member or something like that. Because he was a synagogue leader, it's pretty reasonable to assume that this was a Jewish man that had some level of prominence in this region. People respected him and looked up to him as a leader in their community. And so even just knowing these little things about Jairus makes this a unique and unlikely scene. Because Jewish leaders of that day were, at the very least, highly skeptical of Jesus and and who he was and and what he was doing. And to the other extreme, they were adamantly opposed to Jesus. So, seeing this man come to Jesus and on his knees before Jesus was an unlikely scene. People were not used to to seeing that. And very quickly, we, we see the reason for his visit. Now you can kind of picture him with great desperation in his voice saying, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her that she might be healed and live. This is a dad that is all out of options. You can hear it in his voice. My little daughter is dying. If somebody doesn't come and help soon... If something doesn't change here, she's going to succumb to her, her illness. Pretty sad scene, isn't it? To see a father in such distress and sadness, to, to hear of a child who, who, is, who is dying. And there's a lot of different thoughts that, that we, can, we can have about this, this section and draw from this section. But, but something that, that does make you think and make you wonder a little bit is knowing this guy's background and knowing the reason why he's here, it makes you wonder, would, would this man, the synagogue leader, would he be there before Jesus on his knees in humility if that had not happened? If tragedy had not entered his life, would Jairus be in the place that, that he was? Now, the Bible doesn't talk about that, and I don't know the answer to that hypothetical, but it makes you think. Because it makes you think about suffering in our own life. Could suffering and tragedy be a way to humble us and to bring us closer to our Savior, closer to Jesus? Would Jairus have even given Jesus a second thought had tragedy not struck in his life? Had tragedy not struck in his life, would Jairus just have gone on living as if he didn't need Jesus, or, or at least needed Jesus very little. Well, much to our shame, perhaps we can say something similar. That when life is going smooth, when things are, are turning out exactly like we planned, exactly like we pictured, sometimes even better than we pictured, maybe it's not so dramatic that, that we would say we, we don't think we need Jesus at all, but, but perhaps maybe we, we would say, we feel like we need Jesus very little. Because everything's going great, right? We, we, what do we need Jesus for when life is, is going great? And it's in those times that, that Jesus finds his place as the dusty Bible that sits on the nightstand that never gets picked up and read. It's in those times that Jesus finds himself buried on your priority list with much more pressing, important things in front of, in front of him. But when your little daughter is dying, the cars don't matter. The size of your house is insignificant. The job that you've been working really hard to get that promotion at, it's of no value. Because none of those things are going to heal this this little girl. And Jairus knew that. Jairus had only one person left to rely on. The only person that he could rely on was was Jesus, who, who better to rely on in a situation like that, right? Look at Jairus' words here because I think we'd be tempted to think that this is Jairus covering all of his bases, you know, just, just checking off everything, making sure he tried all of his options. Uh, we, we might be tempted to think that this is Jairus's Hail Mary past, that, that maybe he wouldn't be here if it weren't for uh, the, the tragedy that struck in his life. But Jairus' words reveal that he believes that Jesus has the power to heal his daughter. The word had worked in Jairus' heart. He had heard of the miraculous things that Jesus had done. He had heard the word of the Lord, the the, the words that Jesus had spoken, the teachings that he was proclaiming, and he believed. He believed that, that if Jesus came and put his hands on his daughter, that his daughter would be healed and live. That, that's faith. Faith is hearing the word and believing that it will give what it promises to give. Jairus believed that Jesus was the Son of God. This, this tragedy that came into his life served no other purpose than, than to point him to his, his Savior. To point him to reach out to his Savior in, in faith and to trust Him. Suffering has a a similar function in our life, too. When we we suffer, not only are are we awakened to to the reality of the health of our own soul, we start to to care about the health of our own soul. Not, Not only that, but our eyes are lifted to an eternal purpose and an eternal perspective. Now, we might not know the reason behind our, our suffering or the tragedy that strikes. We may, we may wish that we did. We may, we may wish that we could see the good that would come out of, of something like that. We may not think that there is any possible good that could come out of that. But you can rest assured, based on, on what the Word of God says, that there is a reason and that, that God is working everything out for our spiritual In this case, he was was doing this with Jairus. And Jairus' quest was partially successful anyways. He he had made his way through this large crowd and he had come to find Jesus. And now he had gotten Jesus to listen to him, first of all. With all the people that are trying to get Jesus' ear, this is no small feat. He gets Jesus to listen to him and he gets Jesus to agree to come with him. But remember, Remember the scene. you got, you got it kind of pictured here. He's by the shores of the Sea of Galilee. There's loads of people surrounding him and pressing in on him. What is that going to do for his travel time? It's going to hinder him, right? It's not going to be easy to travel from one place to another. I, I don't know the last time you've been in a huge crowd of, of people, but it moves pretty slow, right? You, you can take small little steps as you're going because there are so many people packed around And on top of that, something else happens. You may have noticed that in our reading from Mark and even just listed out there, that we read four verses to start and then we skipped some verses and finished the story of of Jairus. So I want to talk about what happened in the middle there, what's sandwiched in between there. Because there's something that happens between the time that Jairus gets uh, Jesus to to agree to come to his house to, to see his daughter and when Jesus is actually at his, his house. Uh, while they're moving with this crowd, probably at, at snail speed here, uh, th- this woman approaches him. This woman who had been sick for many, many years as well. And she believed that Jesus was the Son of God. She believed that Jesus was who he said he was, that he was sent from the Father. And she believed that he had the power to heal her too. In fact, he believed that he was. She believed that he was so powerful that if she just reached out and touched his cloak, that she too would be healed of this this illness that she had suffered for for, for many years. And so, with great determination, you can picture this this woman breaking through this crowd. She's, she needs to get near Jesus, and she finally gets there. She touches Jesus' cloak, and Jesus isn't even facing her at this time. He, he touches his cloak, and she is healed. And in a way that we can't really describe, the Bible tells us that Jesus felt power go out from him. He knew something had happened. He knew that he knows everything, so he knows that this, this woman was, was healed. And he turns around and he addresses her. And this is just another beautiful story of the power that Jesus had as the Son of God. It's another proof that Jesus is, in fact, the Son of God. But as all of this is happening, put yourself in Jairus' shoes here. He had finally got to Jesus. He got him to listen to him. He got him to agree to come to his house. Now they're moving at snail speed there. And now he's stopping to heal other people on the way too. There might be a part of Jairus that's thinking, man, let's get going here. He's a little frustrated. Time is of the essence. His daughter is dying. This this is a desperate situation here. And then his, his worst fear becomes reality. As all of this is happening, as he, he is trying to, to break through this, this crowd, servants come to them and they say, your little daughter has, has died. Can you remember where you were or how you felt when you received similar news? The death of somebody you know is always filled with emotion. And it can be very overwhelming too because it's kind of in those moments where, where all the memories come flooding back, all the experiences that you've shared with that person in your life. Some of them are, are good memories. Some of them are, are painful memories. And the closer the relationship is, the more overwhelming it, it tends to be. And sometimes in those moments, the realization kind of, kind of hits you. You're never going to be able to talk to that person again. There's going to be no new memories with that that person. This is the end. This is it. Death is the end. Imagine what a whole life with that perspective would look like. The perspective that that when you die, that's it. You're in the ground forever. You, You cease to exist as a person. There is no life after death. Imagine what how that would radically change how you looked at life. Imagine how that would radically change how you approached death. Imagine going to a funeral with that perspective. A funeral is going to be full full of hopeless tears and pain and anguish because there's nothing that you or anybody else can do that can turn that sadness into joy. It is void of any hope. That's the perspective of the people that came to, to announce the death of Jairus' daughter to him and to, to Jesus. It, you heard them. They, come, they came and they said, your, your daughter is dead. Why do you bother this teacher anymore? Essentially, they're saying, Why bother Jesus? What is he going to do for you, you now? Yeah, when she was sick, when she was still just holding on, struggling, maybe somebody could have done something. But because death is the end, because death is final, because there's nothing that anybody can do about it, why bother the teacher? What can he or anyone else do about it? (laughs) That line of thinking, it makes sense if Jesus wasn't the Son of God. But Jairus obviously believed that Jesus was the Son of God. We receive two proofs in here that he is the Son of God. And before Jairus can even say anything, Jesus turns to Jairus and says, don't be afraid, just believe. Jairus doesn't respond, he doesn't say anything, he doesn't challenge Jesus and what what he's saying, he doesn't lash out at him, he follows him. Because Jairus' hope had not died. His hope lived on. His hope rested and relied on, on Jesus. That's the perspective of the believer. That he, in even the most anguish-filled moments, in the most painful moments of your life where there is so, much tear, so many tears and so much sadness, that your hope lives on because your hope rests and relies on Jesus. And Jesus never lets that hope go unfulfilled. And so Jesus goes with Jairus. He takes with him Peter, James, and John, his inner circle, and they go to Jairus' house. When they show up and they walk in the house, the professional mourners had already shown up, the wailers. That was customary at that time. They would have professional mourners and wailers that would come and would do that around their house. That was just their, their, their practice at the time. And so Jesus walks in and he says, Why all the commotion? Why all the commotion and wailing? This girl's not, not dead. She's just sleeping. Even to the mourners and the wailers who had seen death happen many, many, many times, this was a ridiculous statement. Of course this girl wasn't sleeping. She, she was dead. But to Jesus and to those who believe in him, death is nothing more than a sleep that we will one day awake from. And so Jesus sends them out of the, out of the room. Sends the, the mourners, the wailers out. So, so the only people who are there are, are Jairus, his wife, Peter, James, and John. And Jesus goes up to the girl and says, Talitha kum, I say to you, get up. This girl who was dead could now hear Jesus. She was brought to life. A dead person can't hear, right? But she hears the words from Jesus and his words bring her to life. Not only that, it doesn't take her a while to get up. She immediately gets up and begins to walk around and everybody is astonished at what has happened. They knew. They knew that Jesus had done miraculous things. They had even seen some of the miraculous things that he had done and that he had taught with authority. But power over death was something that was far beyond anything that they had ever seen. This alone proved that he was indeed and is the Son of God and that he has power over death. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your, your sting? The Apostle Paul said that. Death has not won the victory and the sting of death has been removed because Jesus has won the victory over death. He has conquered death for good. Because when, when he was hanging on the cross, he was not only suffering physical death, but he was going through spiritual hell for you. He, he suffered the eternal death that you deserved. And when he was put in the grave, the grave couldn't hold him there. He, he showed his power over death once and for all. He was raised to life, and he conquered death once and for all. The ultimate conquering act. And this... This fact alone gives you and me great purpose and great perspective in this life. The perspective for us has shifted from the temporal to the eternal. We no longer weep like those who have no hope because we have hope. Our hope lives on in Jesus and never dies. The body of your loved one at a funeral may be be lying in that casket. But their soul is at rest with Jesus. This is is hope that lives on. You're going to see them again. They live on. And it's not that they live on in just our thoughts and our memories like some vague feel-good sentiment. They actually live on. They actually live on in heaven with Jesus forever where one day you will be with them again. That is the ultimate comfort, the ultimate hope, and the ultimate perspective to have in this, this life. The Christian has a great perspective. The Christian also has great purpose. Because they understand that this life is not all there is. They, they understand that we live for, for the next life. Which affects our, our thoughts, our decisions, it affects everything in our life. That we don't live for this life, we live for the, the life to come. Yeah, death is certainly the, the great equalizer. No matter who you are, what you've done, where you live, death comes to, to all. But you believe in the one who is greater than death. You, you found him. It's Jesus. He has conquered death and he has given your life great purpose and great perspective. Live out that great purpose and perspective until we go to heaven to be with Jesus forever. Amen.